Hi there. I'm so excited to welcome you to the Arthritis Life Podcast, where we share arthritis life stories and tips for thriving with autoimmune arthritis. My name is Cheryl Crow, and I am passionate about helping people navigate real life with arthritis beyond joint pain. I've been living with rheumatoid arthritis for 20 years, and I'm also a mom, occupational therapist, video creator, support group leader, and I created the Room to Thrive self-management program. I am so excited to help you live a more empowered life with arthritis. We're going to cover everything from kitchen life hacks to navigating the healthcare system to coping with friends who just don't get it. Seriously, no topic is going to be off limits on this podcast. My interviewees and I share our honest stories of how chronic illness affects our lives. This includes discussions about mental health, sex, shame, pregnancy, body image, advocacy, self-acceptance, and so much more. You'll hear stories from all ends of the spectrum, from a person who's living in Medicaid remission from psoriatic arthritis to somebody living with severe mobility restrictions and severe pain from rheumatoid arthritis. You'll hear how people manage their conditions in different ways, like medications, mindfulness, movement, social support, work accommodations, and so much more. You'll also hear from rheumatology experts who just get it. We'll dive deep into the science behind chronic pain and what's the latest evidence for lifestyle changes that can help you thrive with arthritis, including exercise, sleep, nutrition, stress reduction, and more. This is your chance to sit down and chat with a friend who's been there. Ready to figure out how to manage your arthritis life? Let's get started. Hi, my name is Cheryl Crow, and I am passionate about helping people navigate real life with arthritis. I've lived with rheumatoid arthritis for 17 years, and I'm also a mom, teacher, and occupational therapist. I'm so excited to share my tricks for managing the ups and downs of life with arthritis. Everything from kitchen life hacks to how to respond when people say you don't look sick, stress, work, sex, anxiety, fatigue, pregnancy, and parenting with chronic illness. No topic will be off limits here. I'll also talk to other patients and share their stories and advice. Think of this as your chance to sit down and chat with a friend who's been there. Ready to figure out how to manage your arthritis life? Let's get started. Okay, so welcome, Jason. I'm so excited to have you here on the Arthritis Life podcast today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself just to start off? For sure, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. It's really exciting to be here. i uh, loving everything you do and the work, so thank you for inviting me. I'm 42. I'm from Montreal, Quebec. I uh, have three daughters, a 20-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. Um, the joys of my life, you know. I was a chef for 27 years. I because of the arthritis, I've had to take a break on that. So more recently, I've been learning to trade stocks. I actually coach a beginner stock trading course. I make cookies on my spare time. I find that the work-life balance is essentially important. So I do a little small projects to be able to manage that best. Which brings me to another project is a, a children's book I'm working on to help improve uh, culinary education for youth and beginner cooks. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. And can you tell the audience a little bit about your relationship to arthritis or juvenile idiopathic arthritis? When did you get diagnosed? For sure. It's yeah. uh, well, 
My saga would be that when I was four years old, my parents realized that I couldn't walk uh, more than two blocks without crying to be carried. And then uh, by grade two, uh, at that time, they didn't know what it was. This was 1982. Mm -hmm. They put my legs in casts. There was problems with my feet. Didn't fix the problem. When I was in grade two, I remember the day, I'll never forget it. My teacher said that she was calling, my mom was coming in after school. And I was like, what did I do? What did I do? She said, no, everything's fine. You know, I came in uh, and the teacher had noticed that when she spoke to me or called me, it turned my whole body. And that's when they brought me in. But by then it had gone from my feet all the way up to my spine, Mm -hmm. to which now I have fusion in C3 and C4, I think, somewhere around there. But then, uh, so they diagnosed me with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, Mm -hmm. which is now JAI, I believe. Juvenile idiopathic. They changed the rheumatoid yeah. to idiopathic. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. When I went up to Alberta in 2000, and f- 2000, I lived in Alberta for a few years there. I had a doctor who told me, it's been quite an interesting saga. So I'm really looking forward to discussing a lot of things with you. The doctor said that it was possibly congenital Lyme disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have, you're born with Lyme disease. It comes out as a cold. This is what I was told. And I had looked it up, so there's there's some there's truth to this. And you think it's cold or whatever, and you don't check, and all of a sudden you have rheumatic. It's like a rheumatic cold kind of thing, you know. And then you have rheumatism, and there it is. Who knows? Yeah. Later on in life, once I was back here, um, I had continued seeing the doctor, the rheumatologist I'd seen before. He gave me a uh, more recent diagnosis of ankylospondylitis. And that tends so, to affect the spine a lot more than like right. toward our idiopathic, juvenile mm. idiopathic. So that does make sense. Yeah. Now, full circle, more recently, I've been seeing a uh, sports massage therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, can I give her a little shout out? Sure, of course. Thanks okay. for asking. Jade Salter, S-A-L-T-E-R out of Montreal. Okay. Changed my life. Mm-hmm. She, unbelievable. She's a sports massage therapist, so you're not going there to relax, that's for sure. But she taught me that my right leg, the the muscles on the right side of my leg, if you call it, I'm not sure what muscle it is, mm-hmm. closer to the ankle, is underdeveloped. Hmm. Hence why I have certain issues with my feet. And then it works its way, obviously counterbalances itself all the way up. She has found spots that have released tension and my shoulders for those who see in your video mm-hmm. are relatively symmetrical mm-hmm. uh before i started seeing her my left shoulder was about five inches mm-hmm. higher you know even if i go see her sometimes it's like this and then when i'm done it, it, it's wonderful what she's done anyway wow. shout out to jade she's beautiful yeah. and great but that was another thing that kind of just brought me back to my childhood diagnosis of that feet issues and it made me kind of realize that maybe you know there's a lot more to it than just arthritis yeah absolutely so it sounds like you had a lot of gray areas since you were you know in your journey since you were little it wasn't clear exactly what is it and then you get one diagnosis and then it turns out it's changed and that is something that a lot of people end up you know having to cope with with rheumatic diseases they're like famous Mm -hmm. for being difficult and tricky to diagnose and so I'm just curious how that over time has like affected your emotional health, just the gray areas and the unknowns, in addition to maybe just obviously the pain and the symptoms themselves. I don't want to 
you know, jump too far yeah. ahead, but I, I know that's something that you're passionate about. Yeah, it's it's been, I don't know a life without it, right? So there's that. So it kind of makes it a little bit easier, I, I guess. I don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, then people, you know, my aunt called me, she's 70, she's getting arthritis and she's like, oh my God, if I knew this pain that you're going through as a child, I would have done things differently. And I appreciate that compassion very much, but that's been a big highlight in my life is that I remember particularly when I was a child, I was going to doctors every week for my gold injections and blood tests and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. way back. And um, physiotherapy was wonderful, but sometimes I realized that as I got older, I realized that when I was younger, I knew it, but especially as I got older, that the weather would give oh, me a flare, yeah. you know, and I didn't, I didn't do exercise. I was a kid. I didn't have a supportive uh, I come from a very interesting family history. Oh, okay. So I didn't have a supportive people. It was like, go do your exercises. You know, I'm, I'm a six-year-old kid. I don't want to do exercises, you know? So yeah. Five, you know? Anyways, point was, I'd go to physio and she'd be like, you're not doing your exercises. I'm like, no, it's the weather. It always happens like this, you know? And then the next week, the weather would be better. I'd see her and she's like, see, when you do your exercises, you're so much looser. I'm like, hmm you know oh, so that's I've, actually a great lesson because i know i have a lot of occupational therapists who listen as well yeah in physical in the u.s we call them physical therapists not physiotherapists yeah. but separate yeah. from occupational therapists but it's so common for them to not really have an understanding the profession the healthcare professionals and the rehab sometimes don't have an understanding of like the patient's actual home right. life and yeah exactly in, what influences Oops, their ability to actually do those exercises and right. the other factors that that that's are at it. play so yeah i think that's a great lesson like you can't just give a six-year-old an exercise program and like then get mad at them and they don't do it but yeah. it's the combination and excuse the word but the ignorance of the other possibilities mm-hmm. that really affect has affected my care i have a great rheumatologist i had a great rheumatologist here in montreal and i stopped seeing him more recently i am completely unfollowed because it's been 38 years now mm-hmm I know what's coming. I know how to deal with it. I know the possible side effects of medications. Mm. I know that in six months, I'm going to have to take a stronger version of the medication or the mm-hmm. new one mm-hmm. that has the side effects that go through your gut, mm-hmm. you know, or whatnot, that you need to take another pill, which means you need to get your eyes checked every six months. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's a crazy cycle. So I'm, I'd rather just, I've, like I said, I've been born this way, right? So I pretty mm-hmm. much it's my life so i'd rather deal with the pain every now and then than take the chance of my biologics for example which may lower my immune system when my daughter's daycare got gastro i would get gastro she wouldn't even need to get gastro i would get it Mm -hmm. i was so susceptible to viruses and things like that the opportunity and the risk for me was like i'd rather deal with the pain and managing that than take that chance you know that's interesting yeah, each patient has the freedom to make the choice. Yeah, the, uh-huh. the, like, because like for me, the risk benefit analysis is different. Like I'm very yeah. comfortable taking, I've been on biologics for 18 years yeah. and that's yeah. the risk benefit that works in, in my life. But in your, you know, you're, everyone I think is free to make the best informed decision for them. And I, 
the professionals can forget that sometimes and you know it, it's it it might be unfortunate dude it's just like my history with it mm-hmm, that exactly. i'm i'm pushing it away it might be the greatest thing for me and he's sure it is however my point of this was that when i went to his office he has a book on his coffee table about arthritis and nutrition that he wrote oh, yeah. with another doctor yeah. right and i was like oh that's crazy i went in and talked to him i said you know this and this and i don't feel with biologics and nutrition he says it's not going to help you i'm like what it's like it's not what you need this is what you need and i'm like no that's not what i need what i need is for you to say yeah sure that's a great idea here this is what i know here's the book i wrote here 25 bucks for the book doctor plus i may be more inclined to listen to your advice interesting so did he explain why like did he mean that I wonder if he meant that because people who've had it for a long time may not be as responsive to nutrition as pretty much. I'm yeah. pretty much, you know, I feel, I know my cycles. I know what, what flares me and that's really been the best, you know, I do know it's going to be a condition that worsens over time and I can only pray that it uh, does well. What are some of the things you found that have helped you manage your, uh-huh. you know, ankylosing spondylitis on a daily basis now? Laughter. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, man. Number yeah, one. Yeah. Smile and laugh. You know, I have taught my daughter's 20 year old since she was a kid to stay safe, smart, strong, sweet, and silly. <laughs> I like the silly part. <laughs> yeah, everyone does, you know, especially All the three-year-old. The three-year-old, silly! Like, she doesn't even say the other four, but when she says silly, she loves being silly, you know, and as a dad, I got to reinforce it safe and smart come first. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then strong and sweet, and then you can be silly all you want. And I find that that's really what's been able to help me get through it is that I have to be safe. I use a cane. When I need to, mm-hmm. I put on my braces. I, when I feel the flares coming on, that's when I load up on the anti-inflammatories because I, I don't need to take them every day and they're going to rip a hole through my gut. So I'm going to feel it coming on. I know it's a three-day cycle. I know there's no point of getting cortisone shots because they take three days to take effect really. Mm-hmm. And it, it's mine's gone by then. You know, I, I just, I found what works for me. I have a giant heating pad, which is fantastic. You know, a little massaging machine and all this stuff, and uh, my Epsom salts and baths. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like number one. Acupuncture's been great, phenomenal. I feel like acupuncture was one of those that changed my life too, for sure. Great. Um, and I think that Jade, I mentioned really kind of like really hits Massage. those points. You mm-hmm. know, like she's really all about the holistic kind of. It's not just yeah. massage; just a lot of active release techniques and stuff like that. So diet, uh, another one. I'm a huge Coca-Cola fan. When I was a kid, I drank Coke all the time. When I started drinking alcohol, it was rum and Coke. And I had crazy flares. And I thought it had to do with alcohol. And I read somewhere that carbonated drinks increases your chance of getting osteoporosis and it removes the calcium from your bones. And oh. it just clicked. So I know now that if I have a Coke, I'm going to hurt tomorrow. Chances are like 85% I'm swollen up, you know? I will, yeah. right, from time to time, but yeah. I don't, I'm not buying cases like I did when I was 18, that's for sure, you know. And I think nutrition is such a hot topic that people are always curious about, so I think yes. that you've touched on is there's a difference between what are the things in my diet or nutrition that trigger a flare-up, so like the bad foods versus what are the foods yeah. that help 
me. So it sounds mm-hmm. like you have a certain amount of foods that you know are like triggers mm. for inflammation. And is there like a name for the kind of like, you know, some people follow the autoimmune protocol and some do a vegan. And- uh, I call it the bear diet. Okay. Yeah. Fish, nuts, fruits, you know. Oh, berries. eat what a bear eats. I was like, what yeah. does it stand for? That was like B-E-A-R. Oh. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah, what a bear eats. Yeah, eat like a bear. Oh, yeah, the, awesome. the salmon, the berries, oh. you know. I could like survive that. on that. Yeah, yeah. Protein and protein and vegetables. When you were a chef, what was it? A kind of an eclectic style, or were you like if you were? I was just imagining if you were like an mm. Italian food chef that was like specializing in pasta, and mm. now you have to eat the kind of lower carb. That would be a hard transition. But well, I done many styles my whole life. I was a sous chef at an Italian place. I've worked at steak places a lot of corporate places, you know, nothing vegetarian or anything like that. Okay. But I, I decide what I get to eat. Like just right, right. there, like diet. I'm not the strongest on following suit with that, but I do try and make the best choices. As a chef that I could just take a metal bowl, put some salad in it, grill off a piece of salmon or chicken, throw it in. I, I don't like red meats a lot, even though I probably eat a lot more iron. I do get it from cherry juice. Pure cherry juice is great for iron. But that's pretty much it. I've been able to make my own choices when it comes to what I ingest and how I eat and everything. I have not been the best. That's for sure. I could definitely choose a lot better. And I try to, you know, I don't buy the white bread anymore. Mm-hmm. Sometimes for my daughters for grilled cheese or whatnot. But Well, it comes back to this idea of like trade-offs, right? So you're mm. like trying to overall have try to have a good quality of life. So that yeah, means that you're not going to be like, or for a lot of people, it means finding a balance. You know, mm-hmm. if a cookie brings you happiness and joy and yeah, it's not the most by the book healthy thing, but one cookie one day, mm-hmm. you know, or one of your favorite desserts or sweets or coffee, you know, exactly. that might be a worthwhile trade-off. You yeah, know, I mean, we're always making trade-offs, aren't we? Right. Exactly. But that's exactly it. Being kind to yourself, man. It's hard enough as it is with all the pain, not knowing whether it's going to be like in five minutes. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, I've been going at this for 38 years and it's gotten to the point where it's been really rough. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners, the patients at least, Mm -hmm. can definitely relate to the fact that we all know there's only one time when the pain's going to end. And that's you know it's really rough sometimes so that balance and being kind to yourself self-compassion is is very important it seems selfish but if you can't take care of yourself you can't help your friends and family either so absolutely yeah did you learn about self-compassion through like a book or therapy or did you just Mm -hmm. learn it on your own a lot of my education is self-educated. I read a lot of books. Yeah. I was a life coach for a bit. I do the uh, stock trading coaching now. It's all about the cognitive behavioral therapies, uh, you know, and neuro-linguistic programming, talking to yourself, not allowing those negative voices yeah. to enter and become your voice, you know? Yeah. I'm very spiritual. I grew up in a religious household, very like Catholic mom, Anglican father. Spirituality has really helped me when it comes to separating the mind, body, and spirit. Okay, yeah. You know, because my body is hurting does not mean that my spirit is dead. You know, 
my mind is good. My, and it's a big combination, right? Your, your body hurts. Your mind goes nuts because you're in so much pain. You have those thoughts or whatever. And your spirit is down, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a hard cycle to break. The only choice we have is to smile. Yeah. That's really the only way we can break that is to is to laugh about it or like find that way to break that cycle and to realize the separation, the individuality of it, you know. Um there is yeah. something I believe it's a Buddhist teaching. I might be wrong on this. I'm sure viewers might let me know, but it was yeah. it's rain. R A I N yes, The Rain of Self Compassion by Tara Brock, I believe. Is that her? I'm not TV sure. Or something. Yeah. But no, I love that. Stands for realize, uh, accept, investigate, and non-identify. Mm-hmm. And you realize you're in pain. You realize that it, what it does to your mind. Accept mm-hmm. it. Right. Investigate why. You know. Oh, I drank that coke yesterday. Right. And then take yourself out of that and realize that you, you, who you are is, or I am, is not that pain. You know, yeah. Yeah. and I, it's, it's hard. It's, it's like a Chinese water torture and arthritis. Well, yeah, this is like, sorry, every single episode, I'm, I think about acceptance and commitment therapy, which mm-hmm. is like adjacent or some people mm-hmm. consider it as like that. it's like cognitive behavior therapy in a little bit of ways, but it's very mm-hmm. different in other ways. So it's like cognitive behavior therapy in that you identify that what you're having is a thought like yeah, you're like, exactly. okay, notice it. I'm noticing I'm having a thought. And the cognitive mm-hmm. behavior therapy also has that. But instead of examining whether that thought is a distortion or not, you mm-hmm. just allow it and you accept it. Again, not mean that yeah. not doesn't mean that you have to like it, but it means that you yeah. that you just allow it to be there and you allow yourself to connect to the present moment. And then you take action on what's meaningful to you despite that you know yeah. Yeah. so mm-hmm. you don't so oh yeah one of the tenets of acceptance and commitment therapy is that you defuse from your thoughts meaning you detach from them so yeah. you know that like this is not it's just a thought i'm having about my pain That's it's right. not necessarily a reality it's just a little like literally phenomenon yeah. in my brain yeah linguistic phenomenon that's, bingo that's yeah. it a linguistic phenomenon that's exactly it it's any kind of emotional thing, whether it be happy, sad, uh, you know, grief, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we felt it before and we got through it. You've chosen a, a path around managing at this point after 38 hmm. years that sounds like you have adjusted and adapted to what is going on. Like, you're no, it doesn't yeah. sound like you're fighting it. Like, I have to make this yeah. go away. Like, you, there is a threat of acceptance in my mind Mm -hmm. and what you're saying, but correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. Peoples is peoples. Yeah. Right. As they say in the (laughs) Muppets take Manhattan. It's, it's my dad was a very wonderful, strong, hard-headed man, just like me. It is what it is. Was one of his answers. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't stand it because I, a curious kid, very curious, very creative, imaginative kid wanted answers to know why. And my mother, was manic depressive schizophrenic okay. uh, so i grew up in a lot of uh, social service systems and some foster care and stuff my parents around my dad took great care of me you okay. know as much as he could but there's a lot of time when we were me and my sister were in different cares and stuff and yeah. different people so the consistency of that was very difficult for me too okay. um, however it did teach me exactly that adapt 
because yeah. I had to learn pretty quick what made people happy, what made people sad, what upset them, you know, and what yeah. to do, what not to do. And it was, I had 10 families between the age of four and 12. Oh my right. goodness. I'm really curious about that because I was, I wanted to make sure I didn't skim over your childhood in general with just growing mm. up with at the time it was thought to be juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. So then you, cause it's already so hard for so many families to just kind of like keep track of the medical appointments mm -hmm. and such. So I'm just. Oh, mine was to... every Friday. So every oh, Friday okay. I knew what it was. Yeah. So, and I usually, at one point, like I was going by myself. I was nine years old, taking the bus up to the hospital by myself. Like it was one bus wow. to, from my house to the, to the hospital, you know? Wow. Uh, I knew exactly where I was going stuff like that. I was tall as well. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah, 13, but that's, do you think you were maybe like grew up a little faster than most kids? Your age? I don't, I don't, don't, I don't compare myself. Oh, I don't. Probably, I that's pretty smart. <laughs> I, I like to say <laughs> I, grew up, like? I grew up differently. <laughs> well, I, I, people's is people's man. Like yeah. I just, because, like, that's what arthritis is. Number one thing has taught me just because I don't see what's going on with you or what's happened to you doesn't mean that nothing happened, you know, someone with the rich, comfortable life, you know, I've never had an extra penny my whole life. And I don't know if I ever will have an extra penny, mm -hmm. uh, but those rich kids have other issues, you know, for example, people without physical issues have other issues. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, you always, you know, yeah. always thought about a trade-off, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. something like that right wouldn't mind getting a kidney replaced take away all the pain forever i'll yeah. deal with it <laughs> you know yeah. so yeah it's a very it's a very difficult uh balance uh, and to kind of summarize all of this is mm -hmm. educate yourself and right. don't follow right. anyone blindly Yes, it, my doctor probably did have the best option for me to take the biologics at my age with my stage and my state and all that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The research that I've done and uh, my life uh, experiences has made me decide what I've decided to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. However, I'm happy. Chronic illness patients, whether it's from an inflammatory arthritis you know, disease or whether it's from diabetes or something else oh, yeah. if you're going to have something the rest of your life mm -hmm. you know you will absolutely benefit from doing the most research you can right to yeah, figure out because exactly. you're the one that's with you 24 7 yeah, that's your doctors it. it's you yeah so being an active self-manager is one of the ways that we call it in in the healthcare system yeah. patients self-manage their care on a daily mm -hmm. basis and so yeah, micro level yeah exactly like in you're in charge micro and macro those, really yeah, that's yeah. why I find so fascinating. It's like the intersection yeah. between the micro and the macro. Hi, everyone. I'm interrupting really quickly to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Rheumatoid Arthritis Roadmap. It's a comprehensive online education and support program that I created from scratch to help people learn how to live a full life despite rheumatoid arthritis. In the course, you get to learn how to manage everything from physical symptoms like pain and fatigue to social and emotional aspects of living with rheumatoid arthritis. I even cover the logistics of things like how to track symptoms and how to advocate for yourself in medical appointments. To learn more, go to myarthritislife.net. I'm thinking one thing that people might be really curious about 
in, mm -hmm. in your particular context, like today, having sure. two small children, how has your condition affected your parenting experience? Is it hard to do certain things, you know, or is it, have you been able to adapt? Parenting makes me the happiest. Yeah. I love it because yeah. my girls, if it wasn't for my girls, I would not be in the shape I am right now. Yeah. I am not. I have a body right now that I've never had. And it's because I play with my kids. It's because I pick up the 40 pound in one arm and the 25 pound in the other. And I do as much as I can when I can. And mm -hmm. that's the trick. You got to really be kind to yourself. And you got to lay on that couch for the day. And we know that as unchargeables or spoonies, we're going to have the energy to do as much as we can the next day. And that goes with every activity, not just parenting, but I would think, and my girls has saved me from a lot of those negative uh, emotions. They are my heart and soul. I find that it, my favorite, especially since I have the one and the three-year-old, I can I lie on the yeah. floor for 15 minutes and they jump all over me and they think it's hilarious. And I've taught my three-year-old and well, the one-year-old, she, already, she's already doing it. I taught them how to pounce. By the time they're like, six, once they can get up on their knees, yeah. they knew how to pounce. You know, there's ways around it. I take walks all the time. I go to the park with them, do, let them do a lot of the playing. But just that, that extra walk is great. The kids have helped me be more active if they weren't. If I didn't have the kids, I wouldn't be as active as I have been. And I definitely, I don't, I have a much better body than I did in high school. Uh, it's a challenge. It's difficult on the harder parts is that emotionally, I worry. I worry a lot about when, when I'm going to go outside in the winter and slip on the ice uh, yeah. while I'm walking my kids to the store mm -hmm. and take out my hip. It's, it's helped me with gratitude yeah. and positivity. Ch and children live in the present, right? When In one of my textbooks, I, I have this beautifully poetic sentence in the middle of the rest of the very unpoetic sentences that was like, mm. children live in a perpetual present which mm. I've always stuck with me that they, mm. they only know the present, a one and a three-year-old. They're not ruminating about the future. They're not saying, but mm. what about yesterday? You didn't do that or you couldn't do that. Or what if you mm. cannot do, what if you can't do it tomorrow? They're just living in this perpetual. That's it. Yeah. They don't understand the concept of time and whatnot. When I asked you the question, I, I realized I almost was like biased towards thinking of talking about the negative or the difficulties of parenting with a chronic illness and, so I was moved by the first thing in your response was the positives it's brought to you. Being a father has brought so many positive things to your life, despite all of the challenges you ha already have with living with so much, you know, pain. And um, it's given me the drive. Um, it's been, it's been very, it's, I think it's the uh, external things that really affect my parenting, the stress, the physical, emotional cycle that has affected my work. I was yeah. a chef for a long time and I pushed myself way too hard. Yeah. I've worked at very high volume hotels like Chateau Lake Louise, um, fine dining restaurants. I was a cook at the Cacheval in Montreal, places of all, Planet Hollywood, Montreal. I was on the opening team as a 
I was a beginning cook and I quickly became a trainer. Like wow. I've pushed, yeah, I've pushed myself to, you know, manage up to 25 staff and serve up to two, 3,000 people in a couple of hours. And it's something that I'm very proud of. I was telling you earlier, I've been able to cook for ce- celebrities like Cindy Crawford. I met Wayne Gretzky, James Brown, like, Whoa. you know, it's been a wonderful life. But the physical ruin it has done on my body, I've recently had to slow down. I had a hernia one day when oh, at work. Wow is what happened wow. it was even arthritis related um and that put me off work for about a month and a half and uh by the time i was back i was just like done with the once the bot once that happened i was like okay my body's like it's time to maybe slow down so I'm trying to find this more balance of things okay so this is my cycle so i yeah. work i get stress it causes physical stress i can't walk to work tomorrow mm-hmm. i lose money i lose so much money that it doesn't make sense for me to even work to a degree full-time because I miss so many days that unemployment pays me just as much Hmm. yeah right so that's one second is because I'm uh, not in the relationships Mm -hmm. I have you know child support for three children now myself I have very low income right? right which leaves me very 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 little to uh work with or survive on right so there's been a very difficult balance a difficult time managing that cycle the arthritis uh the the young child a child at a young age um and now this these two as well um i really wanted that family it's a very precarious difficult situation when you have any sort of disability and children that you need to be able to take care of but it's like it's just been uh, it's it's quite interesting and i'd love to hear from some single fathers with arthritis yeah i actually mentor uh fathers through facebook's mentoring program have you seen this oh no no that's great i'll put a link to that in the show notes it's yeah it's so i'm in some single dad groups mm-hmm. um and i don't know how it happened but it was like oh you know if you'd like to address mentoring program what you do is you i think each group has an individual option to have mm-hmm. that you put in your story your name your story what you offer and then if people feel uh, inclined to they message you and say hey i'm going through this um mm-hmm. you know thanks for being there kind of thing you know right, and then i've right. been able to give my input and my feedback and it's helped me a lot to be able to be there for these other men who are Amazing. going through what i'm going through they've given me such validation something that actually i pull it up because i'd like to read this i wrote it for dads and uh single fathers and all this stuff but honestly in this case you could change this to uh, you'll get the point thanks to dad groups uh, thanks to dad groups on facebook i've had the pleasure of using its mentoring application to be a mentor for men whom are stronger than they believe um, again general men women please adjust people yes yeah thank you i don't need the emails I, <laughs> I posted my life story and that i have an open dm to talk anytime I've been contacted by six men, uh, seven now actually, all single fathers at different steps in life. Some going through uh, exactly what I am right now, 
a custody battle or a discussion as I think it should be called. Uh, some of their daughters are leaving for university and will be away for the first time. And they're asking me, how many messages do I send before it's too many? All of them grown men wanting to rip their hearts out to stop the pain. And I think, side note, we all with arthritis can understand how we want to stop the pain some days. Yes. They've each helped me grow immensely and I'll not tag you, but I hope you all see this. Much love to you. You've got this. Compassion is our world's largest deficit. We need more for everyone. We all have to stay strong and realize we're all just children with life experience. Children need to be loved, protected, cherished, supported, and have a lot of time for play. Anyone who's been around children can affirm that children can get very angry, sad, needy, pushy, millennial-ish, boomer-ish. Live as if you're speaking to children, caring for a child, loving a child, and wanting the best for them. And yes, when needed, put them in a timeout from your life for everyone's sanity. Stay safe, smart, strong, sweet, and silly. If you got here, thanks for reading this. Yeah, that's amazing. That's I love it. Adults are children with just more life experience. That's all we are. And we forget about it. We all get so bogged down with the adult life. And when all we want to do is sit there and, I don't know, you know, play with your doll, do your nails, uh, draw mm-hmm. a picture because we loved doing it when we were a kid. Like, whenever you're stressed or anxious, just do something you like doing when you were a kid. Get up and go to the store and buy some uh, yarn and make a friendship bracelet. Can't remember which book it is. I don't think it's The Four Agreements, but it starts off talking about imagining a planet where every time something happens to you, you're covered in a sore and your body's covered in sores and you can't touch each other. Yeah, so when we go and approach someone, we're like, ah, you're gonna hurt me, you know? And usually those scars or whatever happened when we were a kid, point being that if we realize that everybody's got those, and arthritis again, like I mentioned earlier, invisible issues, whether it be something that causes physical pain or emotional pain, everyone's got something that we need to just be a little bit kinder and accepting for. Realize that those people are going through what they're going through because that's the way they were born. They were raised, you know, they were life experience brought them to this people's is people's. I think it's just really important that it's not hard to be kind within our freedom of speech to be able to help raise up the whole world. I love it. Oh my gosh. Did you, was there anything else you wanted to say specifically for newly diagnosed patients? Cause that's the population that I end up finding myself gravitating towards and reaching out to and just, you know, wanting to get on a soapbox for. <laughs> yeah, basically, well, we've, we've covered it all uh, mm-hmm. that I, that I had noted about that was um, self-educate yourself. self-educate yourself listen to your doctors find the ones that you trust and you feel comfortable with try the medications you know uh make sure you're listen to your body your body will tell you my roommate had a heart attack not too long ago he's 42 i love him the bits i've known him since i was a child and he said it too ever since then he listens to his body when he needs to sleep he sleeps and yeah there's an expression you don't get it until you get it right mm-hmm. with arthritis mm-hmm. so sometimes compassion for them but don't lose yourself in it um yeah. a quick story 
Yes. Side note, you can edit this, put this somewhere else. The mental, uh, emotional connection and the importance of that. I was in a relationship with someone who was very non-supportive to my needs. I was one point I w- woke up and I couldn't walk uh, on one leg. It mm-hmm. turns out that it was not arthritis related. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was, uh, it was a pinched nerve, right? But I couldn't oh, walk. Yikes. And yeah. uh, I was told... I can't help you get to the hospital because I have to get to work. Now, the hospital, not only was getting to the hospital difficult when you only have one leg, um, but it was five minutes down the road and on the bus route to work. So that was that. My point is, not too long after that situation, we decided to separate. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, uh, emotional physical connection and i'm saying the same thing there but <laughs> it's mm-hmm, redundant mm-hmm. as soon as we decided to separate I, I went into another room and i had a i had a flare-up sorry fast forward yes, yes, uh, yes. i had a flare-up and we decided to separate okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. within five minutes that flare was gone wow i'm not even kidding and three days four days later we said okay Maybe we can work this out, you know, let's try again. It came back. Uh-huh. I will, this experience, and I'm 38 years, I've never realized or recognized something so specific to my emotional, physical connection that really, really screamed to me that that mental and physical connection are huge and we got to keep the smiles our stress levels affect our body and vice versa. Right. There yeah. just is this profound connection and yeah. you've lived it. More than <laughs> I expected. Like I know that yeah, I know too. now that when I get, well, first of all, our body, my body is stiff. Right? So mm-hmm. I'm already stiff. We had stress on top of that. We know we get tenser. Right. Yes. Just in general from a day at work. Right. Um, so sometimes when those flares are happening, and a big part, you know, the difference between Eastern and Western medicine, all that mm-hmm. jazz, um, mm-hmm. taking out, beating out the symptoms rather than the root, that mm-hmm. holistic view of what is happening in your life at the time, not just, I have a sw- swelling, that that rain, right? Realize, accept, yeah. like investigate, yes. investigate, why is it happening? Not just, oh, I have arthritis. No, 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 no. It's not, yes, you have arthritis, and that's what happens when you stress. Why are you stressed? yeah what is yeah. it that's stressing your body is it because you drank the coke yesterday no cokes okay what else is going on oh you had a bad day at work that's probably it take a nice right. hot bath chill right. out that right. doesn't help take the anti-inflammatories or you know mm-hmm. or take the inflammatories mm-hmm. first because you know take care of that and get rid of the anti-inflammatories to help but just try and realize and accept and keep yourself out of situations that are gonna gaslight that the yes. cycle you know, yeah. and situations, not people, situations. That can, yes. uh, traffic, if traffic pisses you off, excuse my language. <laughs> so when I used to, so I used to work in pediatric occupational therapy mm-hmm. and I would, um, when I would work with children on emotional regulation, social emotional skills, I, a lot of it was teaching the parents to model because, mm. you know, one of my favorite parenting quotes is children don't always listen to their parents, but they never fail to imitate them when it comes to traffic, which is what made me think about this is I would tell parents, mm. um, if you want your child to learn a calming strategy, you have to mm. model it yourself. You yes. can't just tell a child to calm down when they're yes. upset. 
So I would say a great time to practice this would be if you're coming to the appointment and you're getting frustrated in traffic or you're having a hard time finding a parking right. spot, you can tell your child, mommy's or daddy's frustrated right now. I'm going to take a deep breath, try That's to it. remember what, you know, do my strategy because it's like, we tell kids to do these things and we can't even do them. If you can't even do it yourself, how do you expect a child? Oh yeah. So I, tell anyway. you, I was so proud of my three-year-old Olivia, uh, not too long ago because she got mad at her. I, I teach her to breathe, you know, mm -hmm. teach her breathing is important. When, when I see her like getting frustrated and stuff, you know, you're feeling in the belly there. And that's when you yeah. got to breathe yeah. and stuff, take a deep breath. And she's like, see, you feel better. And she's like, yeah. Her sister pulled her hair or something. It was an accident, right? She's only one. Yeah. She pulled her sister's hair accidentally. And the three-year-old was ready to clock her one. Oh, I have yeah. never seen, she got red mad. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. don't you dare breathe. And she said, and she did it. And I was like, I was so proud of her. I, you know, oh. gave her cookies. I was like, you're amazing. And that's another thing. You have to reward them when they use the yes. strategy. Don't just punish them when they don't use the strategy. No. Ah, anyway, soapboxes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say in conclusion? I think I really covered it all. Um, oh, I, th I think so too. Yeah. Wants to reach out to me for oh, any yeah. reason. I am definitely more than available. Um, chefscookies.ca, chefscookies.ca uh, has a, a contact email there. I know you're going to put up all this social e uh, social information. Yes. Yeah. So that's it. But I am definitely I'm, I'm more than available i've quit my job my full-time job to try and do small little things like i said to be able to manage mm -hmm. better so feel free i'm there to support you if you need it mm -hmm. uh, and to help you in any ways that i can uh, within my own boundaries of course boundaries have to be in place absolutely yeah. well thank you so so much this is seriously all Cheryl, all it was so fun. good Fantastic. I really had a pleasure speaking to you. I look forward to, uh, to hearing this all later. It's so helpful and I'm really grateful to you for being our my first male interviewee on the podcast. I really appreciate being the only male, you know, um, or the first, I should say. First of many, yes. First of many, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I think when it comes down to it, and yes, men and women are different but mm -hmm. it really comes down to a difference of equipment um mm -hmm. you know we are all the same people we all want to be right. loved we all want to be cared for we no, all want to be true. cherished and respected mm -hmm. and i think um that's my last last one thank you so much for listening to another episode of the arthritis life podcast this episode is brought to you by the Rheumatoid Arthritis Roadmap, an online course that I created from scratch to help people live a full life with rheumatoid arthritis, from social and emotional aspects of coping with rheumatoid arthritis to simple physical strategies you can use every day to manage things like pain and fatigue. You can find out more on my website, myarthritislife.net, where I also have lots of free educational resources, videos, and more. Um, lost on a tangent again. Talking about those kids, I love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> what is we're like? It's like a it's like a brain fog thing, honestly. Right. But I, I think what you are going for it, in general is this cycle. Oh, of, the cycle males. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I've been able and to. Uh, oh, the mentoring on the Facebook. mentoring. Yeah. Yes. Bingo. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Arthritis Life Podcast. 
This episode is brought to you by Room to Thrive, an educational program I created from scratch to help you go from overwhelmed to confident, supported, and connected in a matter of weeks. You can go through the pre-recorded course on your own, or you can take the course along with a support group. Learn more at the link in my show notes, or you can always go to www.myarthritislife.net. And if you like this podcast, I would be so honored if you took the time to rate and review it. I also encourage you to share it with anyone you know who might benefit from it. I also wanted to remind you that you can find full transcripts, videos, and detailed show notes with hyperlinks for each episode on my website, www.myarthritislife.net. If you have any ideas for future episodes, or if you want to share your story or wisdom on the podcast, just shoot me an email at info at myarthritislife.net. I can't wait to hear from you.